there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! From Lord Bohinen! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. DPR could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for his interlead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noel Whelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Saibi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Tony oh. Hassan, no. Hello and welcome to Quigley Kevin. Will he score? I'm Chris Skull, and it's another bonus episode preview we have for you now. I was chatting to Ellis James, who I co-host the amazing history podcast, Oh What a Time With, about the posters he had on his bedroom wall as a kid. And there was one name that came up almost immediately, Dean Saunders. So this month's bonus episode for fan club subscribers is Ellis meeting Dean Saunders. And obviously you can't see the podcast, but Dean Saunders is sat in a lovely golf club. Uh, And it's an amazing chat. It's really great. I'm going to give you 20 minutes of it. If you want the full episode, which is an hour, uh, you can join the Quickly Kevin fan club. Now... We're going to be back really soon with a special episode uh, that will have an announcement of more information about our London Palladium show. You can even wait for that announcement or if you want to get ahead of what might be a big rush, you can buy tickets now for our London Palladium show. They are available on the London Palladium website and also on Ticketmaster as well. But best bet, just Google it. I think they're also in the episode description as well, the links. But yes, after this announcement, I think tickets might fly off the shelves. All right, here we go. Ellis James meeting his boyhood hero, Dean Saunders. Once again, this full episode is available now on the Quickly Kevin Fan Club. 20 minutes of it coming right up. Enjoy. Our guest this week, joining myself and Ellis, enjoyed a storied career across the 90s, becoming much-loved figure throughout spells at clubs such as Oxford United, Derby, Liverpool and Villa. And for his country, he remains among the highest scorers and most capped players of all time. And his poster was on the wall of our co-host, Ellis James. It's an honour to welcome to Quickly Kevin, Dean Saunders. Oh, evening, lads. Afternoon. Um, I didn't know that, Ellis. I didn't know you had a poster of me on you. On it wasn't... Wall wasn't poster it was posters i had posters <laughs> of you everywhere dean so you know it was for, in in my era my my childhood and teenage years was sort of 80s 90s so it was rush hughes and saunders the big three so rush rush is oasis hughes is blur dean saunders is pulp that's the way i used to see it right <laughs> did you realize dean i've always wanted to ask you this in probably every single one of the posters i had of you on the wall You've got your tongue sticking out. Did you know they used to run with your tongue sticking out? Did anyone ever tell you about that? It, well, I, actually, if you find a picture of me with my tongue in, it's a collector's item. <laughs> it is. Like, and I've, start, I've started looking into it. Like, Nick Faldo, apparently, had his tongue out. My tongue come out to the left, like this. Yes, it did, yeah, yes. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the look. I used, 
<laughs> if you look, I'm not biting my tongue. My teeth are not on my tongue. My bottom lip goes on my on my teeth, and I bite with my top teeth onto my lip. And and managers and players and everything used to say, "How do you not bite your tongue off?" Yeah. So if you get an elbow, like at the wrong time, and my tongue's out, I didn't even know I was doing it. Like to this day, I see pictures of myself, and I think in the someone comes along like these collectors come along with like a picture of me in every club I played for and every single one of them, my tongue's out, but, <laughs> but the classic, right? About 20 years ago, I went up the driving range playing golf and I had a sky blue t-shirt on and I was hitting the balls thinking nothing, just hitting the balls, trying to like get my swing right. And then you get back in the car, don't you? And you have a look in the mirror, like sort your hair out and all that. And when I looked in the mirror, on my left shoulder here, I had a wet patch. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what's that? <laughs> and then I realised <laughs> my tongue, my tongue must have been out and it was like touching my left shoulder. <laughs> so I think everything I do, when I'm concentrating, my tongue comes out. That is... Hey, I can't stop it. I can't stop it. <laughs> that is fantastic. I, I, even even last week, right, I hadn't had a shave and I was playing golf every day. And I hadn't had a shave and I thought, I've got to shave, got to shave. And I started, like, I woke up in the morning, I thought, I think I've got ulcers on my tongue. My tongue's hurting me. And I realised, you know, my whiskers there, my tongue must have been dragging along the whiskers. <laughs> If you're concentrating, you need to be clean shaven. Yeah. <laughs> Before I go to the driving range now, if I hit 100 balls, I make sure I have a shave. <laughs> Here's another question I've always wanted to ask you. Sorry, Dean. Chris, Sorry. Chris has worked very hard to prepare proper questions based on all of your career. But I've there's things I've wanted to ask you for about 30 years, so I'm just going to ask the second one now. When Wales beat Denmark away... In I think it was 1998, and Bellamy scored the winner very late on. And all the players, I vividly remember watching this game, and all the players obviously huddled around and cuddled Craig Bellamy and say, you know, well done, and all that kind of stuff. Did you say to him, because Bobby Gould was the manager at the time, did you say to him, you've kept him in the job for another six months, you fucking prick? <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I, I can't imagine saying that. Um, <laughs> no, it's very how funny. is it true? I can't imagine saying that. But... I mean, you forget these things, but um, I remember the game. Yeah. But Bobby Gould, right? Well, as you, as you know, Alice, right? I never thought I was going to play for Wales. I was at Swansea. John Toshak was my first manager. I was like, my dad, my dad played for Liverpool for 12 years, got transferred to Swansea when he was 30, met my mum, and he stayed there all his life. So I ended up following the Swans. My dad was coach with Harry Griffiths. Yeah. And they were in the fourth division. I never forget a game. Stockport County at the Vetch. Waterlogged pitch. Four all. And then another one, Di Gwaitha, who used to play for the Swans, was at Rotherham. And it was like 5-4 and he got a hat-trick yeah. on his return to Swansea. So I was watching them games as a kid. And then I went down ground staff. I was on ground staff, not apprentice, ground staff. So what were you doing then? Well, I was at school and like, our, the academy, you know, like you see these academies now. And I've got, by the way, I've got a right to say these academies don't work because I can say this. Our academy at Swansea 
was behind the North Bank. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the concrete. We trained on the concrete yeah. Thursday night. I talked to Alan Curtis and, about this, between the turnstiles and the standard and the terrace itself, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the pylons that held the North Bank up, they were on the pitch. You had to run round them. <laughs> there was no, no health and safety pad in the... Anyway, that was the academy, and I watched Toshak take over from my dad, and they went fourth, third, second, first. Imagine, so in that three three or four years, I've gone from 15 to about like 19. I've watched the club. I come, and like you, Ellis, you're a Swansea fan, I know that. I couldn't believe what was going on. Yeah. Toshak was like, he's like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He bring yeah. himself on. He used to bring himself on. Like he was, he played sweeper in a back five. Chesterfield at home, he brought himself on, scored a winner, header, like to get promotion. He's playing sweeper in the Premier League with Nigel Stevenson and Ante Rykovic. Habs Abjic left back, Neil Robertson right back, Tommy Craig, John Mahoney, Curtis Latchford, Jeremy Charles, like, like that team, I watched it, and I was apprentice, Leighton James. Oh, what a Leighton player James, he was, my, yeah. So I had his boots. Um, so I watched the club, like, it was like, all I seen was professional players turning up. Emlyn Hughes, my favourite player, my hero, Alan Curtis. Yeah. Best player ever. Anyway, Toshak left, Colin Appleton took over, and I played a bit with Steve Marnborough. Remember Steve Marnborough? I played up front with him a little bit. And they put all the kids in because they were going bankrupt. Yes. I was one of the kids they put in. And then John Bond, I ruptured my cruciate in my left knee. So my ACL in my left knee gone. And I must have twisted my knee in a period of about 18 months. I twisted my knee in training and in two games, probably 12, 13 times, oh. my knee ruptured. And uh, I went and had an operation in the end in Cambridge. And my knee... they. Six months. So I didn't play for the youth team. I didn't play for Wales at any level. I didn't play under-16s, under-17s, under-21s. Never played for them. Never thought I would. Bear in mind, when I signed for Derby, I was 10 stone two. Right now, I'm 12 stone five. So I was that slight. Maybe it helped me with my knee. But Well, half a stone was your mullet, wasn't it? <laughs> that was my mum's fault. My mum's going to be a little good. And the dribble on your shirt must have weighed a bit yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. That's a couple of pounds, isn't it? I got released by John Bond. So before he released me, he went, Alan Durban wants you to go on loan to Cardiff. He didn't ask me. He told me, you're going on loan to Cardiff. I went to Cardiff. So John Bond released me. And then Alan Durban, after four games playing for Cardiff, he released me. So I didn't have a club. And you need a bit of luck in football. Chris Catlin asked me to go to Brighton on trial. And I was telling somebody this the other day, and it's the first time I've ever, ever said it to anybody else. So I, I got in my car, which was a Ford Capri Sport, <laughs> right? And there was no phones, no sat-nav. So I had a map to Brighton. It was four hours away. Yes, a long way from Swansea. I had yeah. the map on my seat next to me, and I went past Porth Cole, Port Albert Steelworks, that straight on the M4, that straight bit, there was a works van in the distance, 200 yards in front of me. And you know them watering cans, them metal watering cans that you have? Yeah. One of them come out the back of the van, and you know when you can see it coming at you? 
and you're thinking, shall I swerve? And it was bouncing on the M4, and it hit my windscreen, shattered my windscreen, right? I'm on the M4. There's no mobile phones. There's no sat-nav. So I punched a hole in the windscreen. <laughs> I drove I drove up to the nearest turn-in, turned off, went into Port Talbot, a car garage. I said, I need a new windscreen. They put a new windscreen on for me. I got back on the M4, drove to Brighton. There was no at the Goldstone ground, wasn't on the map. It took me to the beach. So I got to Brighton Beach, parked my car, walked over the pebbles, and I started paddling in the sea. Because <laughs> I've been in the car that long. So I was paddling in the sea, and I look back. I look back from the sea. There's all rock shops. Yeah. So I walked up to the rock shop. I've gone in the rock shop, and I said, excuse me, can you tell me where the Goldstone ground is, please? <laughs> With your wet shins. Honestly, yeah. I, he got a bit of paper, and he drew a map for me on a bit of paper. Go there, left, right, left. That's how I got to Brighton. <laughs> I scored a few goals for Brighton in the championship. You like this, Ellis, because I know you're a team geek. So Perry Digweed, Chris Hutchins, Eric Young, Steve Gatting, Graham Pierce, Dennis Mortimer, Danny Wilson, Steve Penny, Kieran O'Regan, Justin Fashionu, Terry Connor, Mick Ferguson, Alan Bailey, me. That was a the squad. There's some good players there. Yeah. There's a few players there who played for the Swans as well. Yeah. I scored, I think I got like 20 goals, right? But after about 10 games, Mike England rung me in the house. Oh, wow. Who was the Wales manager at the time? Yeah, well, it was, I might, might not have been 10 games. I might have scored 20. But Mike England, I never thought I'd play for Wales at any level. The strikers were Ian Rush and Mark Hughes. Yeah. Gordon Davis and Ian Walsh. And they were the strikers. And I'd only ever seen them on the TV. And he called me up and I got in the squad for the Republic of Ireland. So Ian obviously has won the European Golden Boot. Yeah. He's won the European Cup of Liverpool. Mark Hughes, by that point, is on the way to Barcelona. Yeah. Gordon Davis has scored goals for Wales. Ian Walsh has scored goals for Wales. Played for Palace and the Swans. Yeah. But obviously you've done well at Brighton. So did you settle into the city and did you like Brighton the place? Well, obviously... I never thought I'd play football again after my knee. And then I got released. When I look back, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know whether I thought, is this it? Am I, like, am I finished? What am I going to do next? I must have been thinking nobody's going to stop me. I must have to carry on. Yeah. No one's going to stop me. I'm going to be a footballer. Whatever happens, I'll show you I'm going to be a footballer. So when I got to Brighton, I just thought I got a chance here. I played for the Swans at Millwall in one reserve game. Chris Catlin was at the game. That was the only reason he rung me. Ah. So were you getting advice off your dad then? Because obviously your father played, you know, first division football. Was he good in this situation? He must have understood how you were feeling. Honestly, I could tell you about my dad. But my dad was, just to sum it up, my dad was a bit like Roy Keane. That's his job. <laughs> As a footballer. He was wing half. His job was to start... Tom Finney, Ivor Allchurch. His job was to stop the best player of the opposition. And he never scored many goals, but he played. He was a defensive midfield player. But my dad was the most determined man. And he never hammered me, but this is how my dad was. Go to school, come back from school. What do you do today? Cross country. 
Next question. I knew what was coming. Did you win? No, I come fourth. Who beat you? Steve Davis, Gary Richards. What have you been eating? What have you been eating? I said, like, normal food. <laughs> <laughs> and you just walk off. <laughs> Whatever I'd done, cricket. How many runs did you get today? 27. How'd you get out? You should have got 50. You get to 27, you've got to get 50. How'd you get out? He said, don't tell me you give your wicket away. No, got caught in the slips. What, playing, playing one wide of your body? Walk off. <laughs> so nothing was good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never hammered me. It was all, you should win. I played for Aston Villa against Man United at Villa Park. I'm 27. I scored two. I walked in the players' lounge. It was packed, right? Villa Park. Players' lounge is packed. I walk in. My dad's at the bar waving at me. <laughs> so I'm trying to get through everyone. You know, and everyone's going, well done, Dean. Well done, Dean. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Well done. It's great goals. Yeah, thanks very much. As I'm getting nearer to my dad, he start, he's like this. <laughs> Shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. Said, so I got to him. I said, what are you shaking your head for? He said, you should have had a bag full out there today. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I scored two. And my mother went, Roy, leave him alone. He scored two. And he goes, Eileen, he should have had a bag full. He missed it. He's missed the chance. Walks off. That's what he was like. So, But he definitely made me a footballer. You had you had a lot of like senior figures looking after, like in terms of managers. You had some really famous, brilliant managers. The early in your career, you had Mark Lawrence at Oxford, and there was a lot of controversy because you were essentially sold by Oxford behind his back. Yeah, and th that led to him quitting. By the way, I know you've been up all night writing these questions out. You're probably going to get one more. <laughs> I'd be working out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're going to get to the end of them questions in an hour. You just talk. Yeah. <laughs> when I was managing, that's a, that's a secret, you know. When you're managing and you've got beat 3-0 and the vultures are there, Ian Hunt, BBC Wales. If Ian Hunt was there, yeah, he's in trouble. Rob Phillips is normally there. Rob's your friend, right? Manager of Wrexham. Get beat 3-0. If Ian Hunt's there, they've sent him. <laughs> He'll ask the difficult questions, right? So Ian Hunt used to come up, and I knew what he was after. He was going to see what they can't say is, are you afraid of your job? You're going to lose your job. That's the questions they want asked. So Ian Hunt, when he was there, he started off slow. Dean, uh, disappointing game today. Got beat 3-0. Yeah, Ian, the first goal uh, was, uh, and, I, and I just keep talking. 10 minutes. <laughs> I knew he only had five minutes. He couldn't, get, he couldn't get a question and I just kept talking. Just keep talking. And then he's, he's like, you can see him like trying to interrupt me and I wouldn't let him. <laughs> and he said, right, is, that, is that it, lads? Thanks very much. Off you go. That's a secret. No, but uh, anyway, going back to your question, Mark Lawrenson, yeah. So I went to Oxford from Brighton. Oxford were in the Premier League and I scored a few goals when I got there in the Premier League. I think I scored six or seven. I scored in the last game at Luton, last away game to keep us up. And then I think I got 20 maybe next season. And then obviously Robert Maxwell owned Derby and Oxford. So he sold me behind Mark Lawrence's back for a million quid. To himself. <laughs> to himself. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, do you fancy Dean Saunders? Yeah, I do, actually. Will you buy Dean Saunders? Yeah, I will. <laughs> this deal is done. <laughs> How much do you want for him? Oh, I'm not sure. Emily Quid? Yeah, Emily Quid sounds about right. He spent six months trying to persuade me to sign a new contract, Mark Ronson, and I signed it. And then we played Blackburn at home, and I remember I was... I just got out of the shower and he went, come and see me before you go. Mark Lawrence said, come and see me. I went in. He went, Arthur Cox is just there in the next office. They've sold you to Derby for a million quid. You've got no say in it. He's down the room. Go and see him when you're ready. So I walked down the corridor. Arthur Cox is sat there. Wow. And then Derby. Your feelings were irrelevant, whether you wanted to go to Derby or not. That's mad. Didn't matter. It's like American sport is a bit like that. What helps? It's like your job. If someone sits in front of you and goes, right, listen, you're going to another company. You've got no say in it. The club's passed you on. But uh, before you go, they're going to double your wages. Yeah, <laughs> that changes things. You end up going, all right then. Because <laughs> that's where I remember you. Derby is when I first remember watching you play. Yeah, same. Yeah. Because you were great at Derby. You had a really good time at the baseball ground. But you, what's interesting is you were brilliant, but the team wasn't so good, right? I mean, in 1990-91, Derby, bottom of the league. They got 20 games without a win including a 7-1 home defeat to Liverpool, and yet you scored 21 goals in all competitions that season. Right. You've got to go back a bit. We finished fourth <laughs> the year before. The year before, We finished yeah. fourth in the league. Yeah. We had a good team. Peter Shilton, Mark Wright, Rob Hindmarsh, Mickey Forsyth, Mel Sage, Garrett Williams, Trevor Ebbard, Ted McMinn, Nigel Callaghan, me and Paul Goddard. I think I had a poster of Mel Sage on my wall as well, but... <laughs> Did he? <laughs> don't tell him that but we finished fourth or fifth and we would have qualified for the Champions League but of course the teams yeah. were banned we were banned from uh, Europe and then um, obviously Robert Maxwell started pulling his money out and that's when the team started to struggle yeah he didn't invest any money to Arthur Cox I have to say Arthur Cox he made me a player as well he made me a footballer I used to just run and try and score that was it. That was my thought. Run as fast as you can, try and score. And Arthur sort of brainwashed me for three years. He sort of like made me think about how I was going to get goals, how I was going to get 20 goals. My target every year, 20 goals. If I wasn't on 10 at Christmas, I was like... Panicking. Yeah. Like, I used to think to myself, if I stay in and I eat the right food and I don't have a massive Christmas dinner and Christmas pudding, Boxing Day, the two centre-backs will have been drinking, eating. <laughs> I can nick a couple of goals. I can nick goals over the Christmas period to get a hat-trick or two, and then I'm back on track. There we go. Dean Saunders, what a man. That full episode is now available on the Quickly Kevin Fan Club. To sign up, you can go on your Apple Podcast app and subscribe and become a Quickly Kevin Fan Club member and also on anotherslice.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. One more reminder, big announcement coming soon about the Quickly Kevin show at the London Palladium. It's Thursday the 16th of May and my advice is get your tickets now because after this announcement, it is going to be a lot harder, we suspect. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again very soon. Until then, Robbie Slater, see you later. Bye. 